Hey folks, 500 episodes. How ridiculously awesome is that? 500. That is crazy. That is a lot of episodes. That is a lot of interviews, of adventures, of miles, many of them human-powered. Unreal. And if you've been listening for a while, thank you. Thank you for making this possible. And I'm just stoked to be a part of it. And so for today's special $500, $500. (laughs) Yeah, everybody give us $500. Now for today's special 500 episode extravaganza, we're going to start it out with a quick intro and then we get into the interview, which is Kurt, Travis, and me. Uh, As you know, if you've been listening a while, Kurt and Travis were the original hosts of the show Um, But due to this show really having a big influence on them, they decided to make very major life changes that prevented them from continuing the show. So it's it's kind of cool that it influenced them enough to make these changes, but then uh, it meant no more Adventure Sports Podcast. But that's where our paths crossed at the perfect time, and I took over the show. And so we're going to talk about that story, talk about why they decided to do that. And we're really going to open up the hood of the Adventure Sports Podcast over the last four, four and a half years. And so, and I I apologize right now. It's going to be very, it's going to feel like one big bro hug (laughs) because we're all good friends. And it's going to just be reminiscing you know, kind of like we're sitting around a table and just talking about our favorite and worst times of the podcast and best interviews and what it's been like and, and what it's really like to do this show. So I hope you enjoy. Um, but as another big, big announcement for a 500 episode special, not only are we bringing on Kurt and Travis again for old time's sake, we are doing something we've never done before. And it is with the help of our newest sponsor, which is Athletic Brewing. They make non-alcoholic beer, and the reason is not only for, for it's for health stuff, and they're making non-alcoholic craft beer um, for people who want to enjoy the taste um, of really good beer, but not the effect of alcohol, whether that's because you're, you're training, literally their name, Athletic Brewing, it's for athletes, uh, but also folks who, who just don't want you know, the effect of beer, you know, I enjoy a few beers, but after that, it just is not enjoyable to me anymore. And NA beer can really be a good tool for helping people stay off alcohol. I know it can be slippery slope from, for some, but my father, he quit drinking 30 years ago. I I was being born and he, uh, he said he was an alcoholic and he said, I've got to get my life together. And he had a beer in his hand when my mom told him that, uh, she was pregnant with me. And he set it down on the coffee table, and he hasn't touched one since. It's been 30 years, and I respect the heck out of him for that. But he does enjoy NA, so I, you know, he drinks athletic brewing, and that helps him to stay healthy and to stay off of alcohol. And so there's all kinds of uses for non-alcoholic beer, and they are an incredible company helping so many people change how they view alcohol and how they view uh, beer and it's really good stuff. So check them out at athleticbrewing.com. But the reason I bring them up is because they are funding the first ever Adventure Sports Podcast Adventure Grant. So if you are going on an adventure, 
in the year of 2019, or if you were planning to, but you can't find the funds, I have good news for you. We are giving away $1,000 with the help of Athletic Brewing to an individual or a team who is a U.S. citizen and 18 or older who is doing an adventure in the calendar year of 2019. You will go to their website, athleticbrewing.com slash adventure dash grant dash application. And that, that URL will be in the show notes. You can copy and paste it or click on it there. The application starts April 1st and lasts till June 1st. And on June 15th, we're going to choose somebody to give $1,000 away to for their adventure. How rad is that? And the reason is because when I was first doing my adventures, there were only a couple uh, adventure grants out there or scholarships. And I remember, man, like 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, just small amounts of money for some people and for some companies, that would have gone so far for my trip. My first trip that I talk about a lot on the show, Alaska to Florida on a bicycle, the entire trip, everything included, everything from, from flights to the equipment to the actual cost of on-trip expenses was just at $1,000. And that was, you know, broke college kid fund. But compared to what I was spending on my classes in college, it was nothing, nothing. I mean, my, I mean, I went to a private school that I had scholarships, but I went to a private school that, you know, would easily cost over $100,000 for the four-year education. Now, especially, 1000 bucks was not a huge investment when you consider just how life-changing, just how much of an impact that first trip had on me. Much more than the entire four, actually five years in college. It took me a little longer. After my first bike trip, I was like brain dead that next semester, so I failed all my classes. (laughs) But anyway, it was a great investment. But we are giving away a 1000 bucks to somebody on this show. Apply. Even if you've already started your trip, we know a lot of through hikers have started. A lot of people have already started their adventures for the year. Still apply. You still have just as good of a chance as anyone else. If you're not going on an adventure, reach out to someone who is, tell them about the application, get them involved. They could win a thousand bucks to go towards their trip. And this is not going to be the last time. We're going to do this every spring. We are going to get people's trips paid for because we want to make, we want to ensure that there's going to be more guests for this show in the future. So it's, you know, a little self-serving. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we, we want to help somebody out and get out there. So again, application starts today and it's open till June 1st, 2019. Get your applications in and make that adventure happen. Our sponsors today are Athletic Brewing. I've been talking a lot about them. Check them out at athleticbrewing.com. Very good non-alcoholic beer. I really enjoy them. Also, our sponsors are Aftershocks headphones. They are wireless Bluetooth headphones that don't go in your ear. They rest up against in front of your ear, transport the sound through your head and leave your ears wide open. It's an incredibly safe way to listen to this podcast or music while you trail run, while you bike. Um, Even while you're going through your life, you can still have your ears totally open and stay safe. Awesome. Awesome concept. Check them out. All right. Here is the episode with Kurt, Travis, and myself. Thank you so much for being a fan of the show. It has been an amazing ride so far, and we're only just getting started. Man, what, is, what does it feel like to see the show at 500 episodes? Oh, that is cool. 500 episodes. So, Travis, you and I did 
400 of them, over 400 of them. Mm-hmm. And, but to see it hit 500, you remember when we started and we tried to get 13 episodes in the can before we launched the podcast. And, uh, then it was like episode 14, episode 15. <laughs> oh, and so much work goes into each and every one of them, just watching each, each and every one count and you're watching all the downloads and man, that's it, time has flown. You know, now that you're up to oh, yeah. 500, that's insane. It's fun. And you know, my favorite part about that is that now I'm hearing people say that the Adventure Sports Podcast is like the the industry standard for the adventure sports community, for the adventure sports industry, for the outdoors industry. It, it's it's gotten to the point now that people know if you want to uh, get the word out, you get on this show. And that's cool. But it took a while. Heck yeah. That is really cool. It is fun to be involved, be a part of it. Well, I, I, I already did it, but I have to give you kudos for uh, taking the reins and doing a, an awesome job with it. You uh, you took it and ran with it, and I've been enjoying the episodes, listening to them, cruising around in the in the truck, and listening to Mason cruise on and and keep the uh, the show alive and keep the adventure alive. So you're uh, you're continuing on to inspire people, and it definitely shows. Well, and making the show better, taking it to the next level. That's what it's all about. Oh, man. I mean, you know, it's I, I just appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I couldn't have done it from scratch, that's for sure. I, I can't, I'm not that type of person. But now that it's up and running and, and people are, you know, there's a lot of listeners. A lot of people reach out. And they, I mean, just today on social media, a bunch of people talked about today's episode and how much they're excited to get out on the trail themselves this year. And I don't know. There's just nothing cooler than that, being able to be involved. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, that inspiration. I I think about uh, Jeremiah Foos out on the AT right now and uh, watching his updates on Facebook. And that guy, he admitted that he was inspired uh, by the show. It was uh, helpful in his decision to go try the AT. You know, he was a guy that never saw himself even being able to to do something like that didn't even cross his mind. And after listening to this show, was like, man, you know what? I think I could actually take a whack at that. And he's doing good. He's uh, he's progressing along and uh, oh, seeing yeah. some beautiful sights. You know, something that we've all wanted to do. And he's knocking it out. He got inspired. You know, and I don't think we can take much credit. All we did is provide a format, a place where people could have a voice to share what they're doing. You know what I mean? And then yeah. people stepped up to the plate. It's all about the guests just the most amazing people that have shared their adventures and the fun that they've had and that inspiration. And it's really cool. I love the, the idea that there's a place where people can share that kind of stuff and other people can pick up on it. And you know, the, the synergy that comes out of that, I think it's powerful. Yeah. But here's what I don't like about that. There were so many guests that made me feel inadequate and inferior. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys get a lot of that? You know, I think there's, yeah, you, Kurt and I are adventurers. We like to adventure. But, you know, when we started this show, we were, we were kind of viewed it the way we view adventure. But after you talk to some of these people, I'm sure you, you get it too, Mason. After you talk to some of these people, you're like, man, that dude just squashed anything I've ever done, you know? But like Kurt said, it's not about, um, 
you know, it's not about touting the adventures and the awesome things we've done. It's about hearing from people and what their inspiration was and having them inspire or inspire others to do it. So, yes, it made me feel inferior sometimes, but it was just an awe-inspiring expiring experience to interview some of these people. Yeah, I can imagine. We just we just replayed the astronaut episode. I, I don't think I don't think anyone can compare to spacewalking, you know, no matter what you've done on oh, yeah. planet Earth. Dude, I gotta I gotta tell you that that was Curtis's interview and mm-hmm. uh uh I liked the interview. It was a little outside the box when it came to our stories um when it comes to adventure. But I just got done reading a book called The Astronaut Maker, and Story Musgrave was brought up so many times in that book. And in our interviews, we can only kind of scratch the surface of what these people have done. And it really brought it home when reading that book, you know, because you hear the interview an hour of somebody talk about what they do, but they're talking about a lifetime. And to read the book, and the book wasn't about him, but he was uh, part of it as one of the early astronauts. And uh, and it was just kind of hit me. I'm like, man that guy has done a lot and yeah, we've interviewed him, but we only scratched the surface of what he's done. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I I wanted to throw something else out there that if we lift the hood a little bit on this, you know, in the beginning we wanted to seem like a really professional, carefully put together orchestrated podcast. That's always been the goal. But in the beginning we didn't have that many listeners because we had just launched and the people that came on early on in the show they didn't come on because we had an audience. They came on because they liked the idea and they were willing to contribute their time and energy to what we were trying to put together. And I just have to throw out there that the early guests that we had on the show, a special thank you to those people. I mean, if they're listening right now, that they came on the show knowing that they probably wouldn't get much out of it. You know, whatever they had to share and promote. They, they weren't going to get much out of that because we didn't have any listeners yet, but they came on anyway. And some pretty big names came on early on like that. Even Story, um, when he came on, we didn't have that many listeners, but he was willing to do it anyway. And he gave us of his time. And it's it's all those people contributing that make something like this into what it's become. Yeah, and, and that's actually, that's exactly why I wanted to do those like throwback Thursday episodes. There's, you know, new listeners all the time. And that, I think Story Musgrave was episode 81. So we weren't even up to 100 episodes yet. And there's between now and then, there's 400 of their episodes. And imagine how many people haven't heard some of them. You're right. not going to get bigger than an astronaut, you know, on this in this world. So how many folks knew that? before we replayed it last week, you know, I, I bet not many. And so the, there's so many in the backlog worth going back and listening to. And yeah, it's pretty impressive. You guys were able to land some of these huge, huge names early on. And uh, re- yeah, like you said, really be the standard for the outdoor industry podcast interview. And I, I look at some of the lists of some of these other huge podcasts like outside magazine and rei's podcasts and and all these big sponsored podcasts and it's the same people that are on our show it's like they make the rounds and i think holy cow we we're we're interviewing all these same people and we're just a couple dudes in our 
spare bedrooms, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, been, uh, it's been a cool growth experience. And uh, I'm glad you're actually pulling some of those older episodes back in and continue to do so. Um, some people might see that as cheating, but it's not because like you said, you know, even if you're a, a new subscriber, you come on now and you see this daunting uh, back catalog of 500 episodes you know, the likelihood of somebody going back and listening to some of those early ones is pretty slim. You're probably going to start listening to something recent. And uh, some of those are, are definitely worthwhile listens. So definitely keep doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mason, you interviewed me months ago. And yeah. you asked questions like, how has the show impacted you? And you interviewed Travis just recently. He oh, and yeah. Jen were on the show. And you asked the same question. How did the show impact you? Well, you've been doing it long enough now. It's time to turn the tables. How has the show impacted Mason? Nice. You you got to it before me, Dang but it. yeah, we had to get it with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly didn't know what to expect with this one. I didn't put out it. Was, it's been a busy, crazy busy week, and I know it's been the same for y'all. Um, man, yeah, it's been six months now of of hosting and pr- producing. Um, it's honestly, I, I, I really look forward to it. I, I would say the conversations are always fruitful and insightful. And with every one, I, I get probably one to two, one to two quotes that I write down on a piece of paper and I've got, you can't see it, but right above here is this huge whiteboard and bulletin board. And I've got probably 30, 30 quotes all on little post posted notes, just posted there. And I mean, heck, there's here. I got I got a stack of them right here, and a bunch from y'all actually. Every time, Kurt, what I got from you is 15 minutes a day can move mountains, <laughs> and then Travis from you, I have don't complain about adventure when adventure shows up, and uh, <laughs> those are right on the top of the list on my little nice. piece of paper. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are man, just the the nuggets of wisdom you get from every guest, and we've I you know we've been blessed with really humble. Um, encouraging guests who they're just very relatable. So it's, it's been a, I, I really enjoy that side of the show is, is the, the greater meaning behind adventure with each guest versus, you know, what gear did you carry or the kind of the, the stats of the trip, for instance. And that's why I think each guest has something to bring to the table, whether it was Jer- Jeremiah, who'd never done a trip before or uh, J.R. Harris, who's been adventuring for 50 years. You know, everyone has something really interesting to share that you really can learn from. I think that's how it's impacted me. Oh, man. And I read all of Jeremiah or I'm sorry, of J.R.'s book and and really enjoyed that, too. J.R. Harris did amazing things. And the time that he did it is also very interesting. The time in history, you know, oh, when yeah. he was doing it. It's it's really, really cool. Yeah, he he did not let he did not let boundaries stop him. <laughs> Yep. I think some of the conversations that Kurt and I had in the beginning was, you know, we were, our show really started to get uh, hiking and climbing heavy. You know, meaning we had these episode categories and you look how big those two categories are compared to everything else. And we were a little concerned about that. We wanted to make sure that we were diversified because that was the point of the show in the beginning or from the beginning. Um, but then we, we talked about it and thought about it. And the reality is you could have, um, you, know, you could have 50 through hiking episodes and they're all going to be so much so different 
in the that individual person's experiences and their expectations and how it changed them that you know each and every one of them is so unique it makes for an interesting conversation regardless uh it doesn't matter if it was episode one on through hiking or episode 50 so i always thought that was pretty cool about the show you could uh you could talk to somebody that was totally green and and naive about it and really value their story just as much as you could as the person that was uh you know decorated triple crowner and and uh you know has been doing it for a long time so I always thought that that diversity made for a good show. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you look back through the categories uh, and you, like you said, it's, you know, biking heavy, um, climbing and hiking. And, and I think there's a reason for that. Like we have a lot of in the queue and have recently come out a lot of hiking and through hiking based episodes. But the reason I think it kind of worked out that way and continues to is that just that's just what most people are capable of doing. Most people, pretty much everybody, can go for a hike. And so a big through hike is just the grandest of adventures you could ever think of. You know, you can't have an you can't have it full of people that, you know, free solo L cap or paraglide off of, you know, volcanoes or whatever because and it is awesome to hear those stories, but it's not nearly as relatable as the things that we all feel that we definitely are capable of. Yeah, the word relatable is is key there, and we had that conversation when I first started looking to people to or looking for people to interview. Yeah, I was kind of looking for the base jumpers and the, the people that threw squirrel suits on and dived out of uh, helicopters and stuff, and and then quickly realized that although neat, these are not these are not feats that people that the average listener could envision themselves doing. So there was probably a disconnect there, and the. Uh, yeah, we quickly realized that, yeah, what, what you're doing is you're talking to the average guy who is probably out there, you know, doing the, the average adventure and that's something that they can relate to. And, and it, that's why you're right. That's why you get so many hiking and, and through hiking type, uh, shows because of it. And, uh, and for that reason, I think that's a good thing. You know, the show is about being able to relate to others doing adventure, not, uh, not trying to picture what it's like to jump out of a helicopter with a wingsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> right. You want to say something? Yeah, there's something that I've noticed about a lot of your interviews that I really like. And that is you often go beyond what did you do and you get into why did you do it and now how are you different? And I think that's the reason why adventure sports matter. But I love it when you get into that stuff with your guests because it's so cool to hear people say, yeah, that did actually impact my life in this way. I, I grew like this or I changed like that or I found out this or and uh, I, I really appreciate that about your interviewing style. Really good stuff. Oh, man. No, thank you, guys. I, I, I mean, I've learned learned from y'all. I mean, I listened to some episodes um, going back and and when you guys were hosting and think, wow, that was a, that was a perfect interview. There's, I could not have recreated that. Like, cause I try to predict what questions you're going to ask and, and what kind of things you, what kind of uh reflection you'll have. And a lot of times I'll have an idea and then I'll hear what one of you say. And I think, Oh man, that's like, that's so much better than what I would have said at that same moment. And so, you know, it's, I don't know. It takes a lot of listening, but man, we've had some, I, there are some interviews coming up soon that I was like, oh, I did not have my heart in that. We had 10 interviews two weeks ago. 
10 interviews in one oh, week. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, that's a busy week, man. <laughs> that was a lot. And, and I feel you feel bad because like you said, I've heard you both mention this before. You know, and yeah, like you said, Kurt, bring you know, showing folks under the hood a little bit. You don't have unlimited time to get into everyone's story, and there is just this gaping, huge fact you're missing out on your guest. You can feel really stupid after the interview, and you re- yeah. you look their name up again, and you see this article you didn't click on before with all your research, and like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they were missing an arm (laughs) (laughs) you know may i tell you one of my big ones sure tell you one of my big i interviewed dave weens twice great guy um and he's done some really fun stuff and i loved the interviews that we did with him uh he's just an inspiration to so many people but i did two interviews with him and did not know that he beat lance armstrong twice wow i never brought it up wow and so for two interviews, and he's too humble to bring up, you know, to bring that kind of stuff up. But and when I finally realized what had happened, it, it cracked me up. You know, I was like, wow, I should do my homework. That happens, you know, it happened. Yeah. I mean, that happened on today's interview. Heather Anderson, you know, she's dead. She's done so much in through hiking. And I didn't know she was a National Geographic Adventure of the Year. And I'll tell the people this. It just happened like a couple of days ago. I, I posted... I, I was uploading, I almost, I hit click publish. It was ready to go. I Googled her name one last time and saw that she was inducted just a few weeks ago as a Nat Geo <laughs> event. And so I go back through, I re-edit the, uh, the intro. I just add it at the end and then say, that I, you know, have to re-tag it, re-upload <laughs> it and all that. It wasn't that much work, but it was like, I can't not say that. I can't not, I can't leave that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, it's tough. Maybe, it could uh, stress you out. Yeah, we should do a, a kind of a in mass apology to all the people we've interviewed for all this <laughs> yeah. stuff we we failed to bring up. <laughs> Honestly, oh that's the stuff that stressed me out. Curtis and I had two different styles, two different approaches, and I'm not I'm not the person that's comfortable off the cuff. Like for me, I need to prepare when it came to the interviews. So I would I would spend a good solid hour, at a minimum, uh, researching. And making sure I had all of those things I wanted to bring up and mention about somebody because I didn't feel confident in my abilities just to sit there with an interview. So that, in a way, kind of burned me out with being one of the people interviewing. And that had something to do with how Curtis and I changed things up. Um, But he's such a good off-the-cuff conversationalist that he was able to continue on. And, uh, and I think, you know, eventually you kind of found your happy medium, Curtis, between the research and not sweating it as much as I did, but yeah, two different styles of going at it and, uh, it can have different results and and different styles of interviews. So I think just finding your happy medium is all you can do because you can't burn yourself out either. Yeah. I can be boring off the cuff anytime. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to talk about? No, that is good. You are good at that, Kurt. But I, I, I'm like you, Travis. I need to prepare. I can do it off the cuff, but it, it tends to be tangential and, and rambling. But I need <laughs> right. to know. I, I, and I get so nervous when I when someone answers, and I'm like, "All right, here we go." Their name will be like you know, Bob Johnson. It's something super simple and I'll forget it when I go to say their name and I'll have to look at my notes just because I don't know. I, I start to lose it. 
Like your name All is right, here today Bob with Johnson. Job Bonson. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is. It's it's the, when you click record, things change. But it, you know, it's yeah, funny. Is... Did you guys experience like with interviewees? Everyone's just so different. I mean, you can really pick up on people's personality. And every interview I found is kind of like a dance. You just you kind of have to let them lead, and and you lead yourself, but you got to be concerned with what what they can do what they're capable of as well as what they're willing to do some interviews are just like oh, it's just flows so easily and others are okay this is what they had anticipated was a very very structured interview so i need to i need to readjust i don't know it's just really interesting yeah. having to mold yourself constantly around each each guest oh yeah, yeah. i always yeah. like those interviews where you clicked uh, record and all of a sudden an hour later you know the, the person was done talking You're like oh man i gotta end this interview but yeah it went so smoothly not to say that it was just the person talking the whole time but like you say it's just it was just such a smooth flow that that uh, everything popped out in the end pretty much packaged for you those are always the good ones but yeah you get the good and the bad for sure you know i want to bring this up because i know mason you're never going to bring it up so i can bring it up you were a guest on the show two times before you joined the team. Yeah. And I want all the listeners to know that because if they want to know what Mason is all about, they need to go back and look you up in the back episodes because, and that's one difference between you and Travis and me. Travis and I always did adventurous stuff, but you were one of the adventure kings and you had done the big honking stuff before you ever got on the show. Travis and I are always like, really? You did what? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Is that possible? Oh, man. But anyway, Mason, what you've done with your distance biking especially, you know, it's just really neat stuff. So people need to go back. I think your first, actually both, but your first interview on the show, I was just blown away. And I enjoyed, I remember that interview and you know when you've done nearly 400 of them then they can start to blend together a little bit oh, yours sure. always stood out to me. why is that because you know you've had other people who've done this pretty much the same exact trips um and more and won them you know i did a lot of races that you know i was not i was at the that was in last place <laughs> you interviewed a lot of the winners of the same races and the same kind of uh, experiences you know honestly i think it's because you were authentic about it you were excited about sharing what you were passionate about with people and you know, you were really authentic and I just remember having a really good time with that interview that first, I even still remember people may not know this, but we do interviews on the road. Sometimes it, it had been mobile and yep. I did that interview sitting in a parking lot in Denver in the winter time. <laughs> and I remember you saying that and I was blown away cause it sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the funny thing about it, there were two times that, that strange things happened. I think it was on your interview. A policeman showed up, and he was trying to figure out what I was doing. <laughs> and he's driving around and around my car, <laughs> looking in the window. Oh. And I'm trying to keep a straight face and keep talking to you. And here's this cop just checking the whole scene out, you know. That I just smiled and waved funny. and hoped he'd go away. But He's like, what the heck is all this equipment in this car? This guy's some Russian spy. What is That's he doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was painting houses at the time, trying to find some sort of way to build a career in the outdoors and try and tried so many things it wasn't working. And paint, I was in my paint clothes. I was covered in paint. And I was in a storage unit during that interview, just sitting on some five-gallon buckets talking to you. That's funny <laughs> that, we were, <laughs> that we were both in these random places. 
you know, sometimes talk about lifting the hood, guys. Man, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was I'll crying. I was crying. I put myself on mute and cried while I wasn't talking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say a lot of the times it would get so hot in the car <laughs> when I was trying to do an interview that I'd start sweating and it would be rolling down my back and dripping off my forehead, <laughs> getting in my eyes. And I was like, I don't know if I can be energetic enough to sound like I'm even interested in this. You know? and, uh, man, I would finish the interview and turn on the air conditioner, roll down the windows, and I would just lay there gasping for air. So, and then walk, walk back in your office. Trying to break his windows out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> save the man. Oh, save, my the, gosh. save the little dog that's stuck in the car. <laughs> you had to walk back in the office after lunch with a sweaty shirt, and people were like, what did you do? I had an interview. <laughs> Oh, well, that's the fun. Hey, Travis had a great idea for the future of the show. I think we should talk about it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What do you think, Travis? Well, I mean, you were talking about, you know, how that talk about that diversity thing and how maybe, you know, you should probably can it and bring it back down to uh, a real niche um, subject. And so, yeah, I was thinking the uh, the underwater kilt wrestling um, niche. I think that's one that has not been covered in podcasting. So I think you like the idea. So I, I assume at this point you're going to take this, this show along that line. I've been taking classes and, uh, I have looked it up. There's not a single podcast out there doing anything like it. Right. And yeah, it, it, it's a new sport. It came out of it came out of the Scot- Scottish area, but the, the water's so cold up there that it, it really has taken off in other parts of the world, too. Um, yeah, I think we should move in that direction. That all just goes to the whole point that it would be a tiny following, but I think you could grow it if you really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are podcasts out there in the adventure sports world that focus on one sport, and honestly, a lot some of them are a lot bigger than us. And it's definitely got me wondering, you know, are we painting too big of a brush with the amount of people we try to interview? Because you don't really get into the nitty gritty of any sport. It's more of a, just an overview of every person you interview. Um, so maybe. Well, I, have you contacted the Underwater Kilt Wrestling League yet to see, you know, how many people would be interested? I Not everybody wants to be on a show. Do you think you have critical mass for that? I mean, it's a great direction. I think it would be really good, but I mean, I'd love to hear from our listeners if they've ever even heard of it, and if that's something they'd be interested in. Because, yeah, right now there's literally no information about it. <laughs> uh, I was scouring Instagram, and I think I found one post on it. You know, and that's what got me thinking about it. This is uh, this is definitely a cutting edge, definitely something to uh, to work towards. So. I don't know. I hope you do it, man. Yeah, I think the uh, Adventure Sports Podcast is just uh, overblown. I think there's uh, way too many categories. You could whittle down that page, and episode categories could be underwater kilt wrestling. Just It's simple. I think you need to simplify. We, we'd yep, probably there you go. To, yeah. I, we could probably interview the same three dudes over and over and over again. <laughs> well, when Travis takes up the sport, then we can put it on YouTube so everyone can see what it's all about. Look here, buddy. I've already signed on to Camber Tossing, all right? Oh, that's too funny, guys. Obviously, we are joking here. Nothing about the show is changing. Um, If you haven't noticed, it's April Fool's. So the show is not going to be narrowed down to underwater kilt wrestling or anything of the like. 
Um, but it is a good time for a message break. So here is our new sponsor. And happy April Fool's. Athletic Brewing is pioneering non-alcoholic craft beer. Yeah, I said non-alcoholic craft beer. And there's a number of reasons you might want to do that. Whether you're training for an event, which a lot of our listeners are, or, you know, if, you, if you're babysitting and don't want to be drunk in case something happens. I mean, stuff happens, but you still want to sit down and enjoy the game and have a beer. This is an incredible option for a full-flavored, full-bodied beer. Each can is only 50 to 70 calories. With IPA, golden ale, stouts, and tons of seasonal offerings, Athletic Brewing is a great option if you want that craft brewery taste. Uh, but not deal with the effects of alcohol itself. Uh, if you'd like to save 15% on your first order, go to athleticbrewing.com and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout. You know, i got to right. tell you about, there was a, a potential guest that wanted to get on the show, and I actually turned this one down. It was It was one of those things where it's like, I just, don't know if I can make this adventurous enough or not, but it was, um, I don't remember what they called it. The sport was two person bikini racing and you had to have someone that would run under the water with a girl in a bikini standing on his or her shoulders. And they would literally have races running underwater with a girl in a bikini on top. And, that was a real request to be on the Adventure Sports Podcast. That's because I'm going to start up that show. You're going to start up that <laughs> show, Travis? I, I, you know, I, think, yes. I think I bet you could run Google ads for that. I don't think you'll have any competition. Should, be, should oh, get man. a pretty good deal. <laughs> it's going to be a slam dunk. All right. I got to say, though, so after all these, these interviews that you've done and you've heard done, what tend to be your favorite interviews to do? What, what are the ones that really kind of hit home for you? You walk away. Uh, thinking, man, that is, uh, that is kind of right up my alley, meaning the, the genre of adventure sport. Oh man. Any, anything that's, uh, usually anything that's real simple, but really, uh, really pure adventure. I'd say some of my favorite interviews so far have been the people that, um, might not be doing the most extraordinary thing, but they're doing what they can where they are and with what they have. And, and one of my favorites, it's coming out. It's, it's a guy, um, heck, I'll just go ahead and announce it. You guys interviewed a guy a few years ago, Tom Turkich. He's walking around the world. Tersich. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Tersich. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, about a week ago, I decided to record an updated version with him and he's, he's another two years into his adventure. Man. And he had, I mean, I, I wait for the show, but he had the most unexpected thing pop up, like uh, just inconveniences. And, and he's still going, but his adventure to me is just awesome because he, all he has is, is a, a literally a baby stroller and filled, filled with backpacking gear, his dog that he adopted on the road. And he's just walking every day around the world. And his stories, his experience is just so incredible but it's so simple you know what i mean it isn't like oh, yeah a, it isn't like some really extraordinary red bull feat that's 
requires a team of physicists and scientists to figure out for you and supporters. It's something that anyone could do anywhere, and they just, in, in its pure, refined, boiled-down adventure. Those are the best. Yeah, and I, I found Tom to be a real inspiration to me, and I kept track of him for a while, and he really did get shut down. So I'm excited to hear how he got through that and back on the road again. I really want to hear that story. So I'm glad that you were able to reach out to him. Last time that I tried to reach out to him was when he was in the midst of the hardship. And uh, so anyway, it didn't work out. But he was one of the most inspirational guests that I think we ever had on the show. So I'm excited about that one. That was one of the first interviews I listened to when I first started listening to the show, too, was his episode. And I was just blown away by... You know, he, he, and you can go back and listen. He said his most, I was like, well, you asked what the most incredible experience was. And he had walked from his house in New Jersey all the way down to Southern South America. And, and, and he was now transitioning to Antarctica to go hike down there, but he flew home for a little bit for something. And, uh, you, you asked in those two years, what was your most incredible experience? And all he said was, laying on a tarp in the middle of the desert with absolutely no light pollution, sitting there with my dog. The weather is perfect. I don't need a sleeping bag. I don't have any bugs around me. And the sun goes down in this high-altitude desert, and I am the only person I see for days and days and days. And he's like, there was just something about that. With all the stars coming out in the Milky Way that night, I can't imagine how just awesome that was. But there's nothing, honestly on paper, extraordinary about laying on a tarp in the desert next to the road. But it sounds incredible the way he described it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's how it impacts a person, you know, yeah. whatever the experience. And that was one of the main themes of the show all the way through. It's that you don't have those life-changing epiphanies. I mean, that's what they end up being sometimes. You don't have those unless you go out and have those experiences. Yeah, how, how you would know? you foresee that? How would you foresee, I'm going to walk around the world in my the most incredibly life-changing moment would be laying on the ground, being quiet. You can't, you can't, you can't know that until you go. Yeah. You're going to think you're expecting something, you know, somewhere along the way, something profound is going to happen to me. And, but you're right. You know, it turns out that just laying in the middle of the desert with no light pollution is, is what was profound. I love that simplicity. I'm, I totally agree with you. I was thinking about it myself and, I was going through the the category list and just kind of reminiscing, looking back at interviews. And it's strange, but the one that the person that really stuck with me the most, I kind of have an affinity for is uh, Brian Snyder. He's a simple adventurer, not like climbing K2, um, you know, not running around the world. But this guy is the epitome of the weekend adventure and adventure is, is in his soul. He's a teacher. And when he gets his summer breaks, he takes off. He's got this old Jeep Cherokee that he still drives around in. He's put something like 300,000 miles on this thing, just going and hiking and camping. And the guy would just write stories. He's got a, a book series called off the map books. I'll plug him because I enjoyed them so much, but he would just go out and he would hike. He would find the next place that he wanted to explore the next peaks. Um, and just set up with his basic tent and his basic vehicle. And you, you and I were joking when we did our interview, um, you know, about the our YouTube channel um, about 
how you kind of get roped into feeling like you need the the four by four sprinter van, you know, in order to do this kind of stuff. And I was thinking about that when I was thinking about Brian, because this guy, he didn't feel like he needed to buy the new adventure vehicle or build a new adventure vehicle. He just runs around in this old jalopy of a Cherokee. And you know that somebody doing that with basic equipment is just doing it because they absolutely love it. You know, it's nothing other than that. And uh, it was just so cool. His life was just built around earning a living and going out and adventuring and then going back and earning a living to, a living until he can go adventure again. And as uh, simplicity, you know, his purest form. That's good. You know, the other thing about his story is that he went, he tried to be safe, but of course he got in over his head a few times as everyone might, but <laughs> he, he would go not because he had all the gear and all the equipment, but because he wanted to have an experience. And I remember the story about him trying to get down an ice-covered coolar with cliffs below it in Rocky Mountain National Park wearing right. tennis shoes, and he got stuck on this ice over this cliff, and he had no ice axe, no crampons, you know, and somehow he lived to tell the story. But it was just the, the idea that nothing was going to stop him because getting out there was so precious. And I'm not encouraging people to get an icy coolars with only tennis shoes. That would be, <laughs> I mean, he would tell you the same thing. Don't He's a little do under, it. Right. Prepared for a few of his moments for sure. <laughs> but the point of all of that is that he went and he did, and he, he's had just so many amazing experiences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one just really stuck with me. We just replayed his day hiking in America, the American West. And I saw on, on it was off the map is the series. Yeah. Yeah. Off the map it's books. like car camping, Day hikes in the American West, day hikes too. Uh, it, it's just simple stuff. And I'd say that's another huge, huge lesson the show's taught me is being content with with your little, relatively speaking, your little adventures in your life, the, the lives. You're, you don't have to be Bear grills to, to have an incredibly full, wonderful life filled with adventure and filled with awesome moments. You don't have to be the person that's absolutely on top of the game and the the household name essentially and i don't know why it just psychologically you start to feel that way after a certain amount of time like you're not doing this right unless you're just doing it huge all the time yeah can i can i tell you a little I'm a, i might torque a few people off by saying this um but it needs to be said yeah as we travel around the country one of the things we notice a lot especially in national parks and very uh you know the places that you need to photograph the whole Instagram thing with people getting out in the middle of uh, Bad Waters, um, it's called Bad Waters, yeah, Bad Waters, Death Valley, um, or Joshua Tree, the people that are there, unfortunately, only for their Instagram account is getting so crazy and so out of whack that it makes me it, it makes me think of that because as we're talking about just getting it out and doing and enjoying for the simplicity and the love of it. We we have this whole social media craze that I fear that people are, there's so many people out there doing it, not because they love it, but because they want to be seen loving it. And I'm using air quotes to to say that. And it's kind of sad in a way. I just want to say people stop, take a photo to remember it, but the memory is in your head, right? Just stop and look at it and take in the beauty. Don't change your outfits because you need three different outfits to be photographed in front of that beauty. It's not about 
the picture on Instagram. It's about what you remember and what your experience was. And I, I have never realized that it was such a thing until being out traveling the country and witnessing it. It's, it's craziness. You know, I have something to add to that, Travis. As part of all of our endeavors, we've attended Outdoor Retailer, which is awesome. I'm not knocking Outdoor Retailer. But as we were walking through Outdoor Retailer, there was a special seminar being done on social media. And so I stood there and listened in for just maybe five minutes to see what it was about. And the people that were presenting it were saying, it's all about FOMO, the fear of missing out. You have to create FOMO. So mm-hmm. that everyone will want to follow what you're doing. So you've got to create that amazing experience that no one else thinks they can achieve so that they'll have that fear of missing out so that then they'll follow your brand. And of course, yeah. I walked away after oh, that. <laughs> gosh, no, that so is witnessed it. Yeah, it's fake. in real life. Man, yeah. I can't tell you just with running Camp Crate, social media is such a it's so that's it, it fomo the problem is it works getting people to feel inadequate about their lives works mm. to sell your product but it's horribly destructive to the person cuz i'll say like when i have the feeling of missing out it it can it can ruin my life like it ruins my day with emily it ruins <laughs> it ruins right. it just it, it could literally destroy a marriage it, it makes me upset with my dogs, upset where we live, upset with like the things I have. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? It, it's totally destructive, even though it works. And so I, I can't stand that. I can't stand that these companies are actively doing that. I tell people all the time, you walk into REI, they make you feel like you need to spend $5,000 to go camping this weekend. That's total bull. That's totally like, I love Brian Snyder's thing of Going in the old Jeep Cherokee. I remember seeing a guy camping in a Corolla at a trailhead of a 14er to get up at four in the morning the next day, surrounded by Sprinter vans. And I just thought, this guy in this Corolla is having just as good of a time. Probably a yeah, better absolutely. time because he's does he's not 60 grand in debt to a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you a story that illustrates this just a little bit, I think. Maybe the listeners will think it, it works. But I went on a hike and... You know, when you're going on a hike, you're thinking about the destination. You're thinking about where you're going to go and how long you're going to spend and how far you're going to go before you're going to summon a mountain or whatever, right? You know, I don't even remember what this hike was about. And this is the point. On this hike, I got to a little bit of of a crag and I stood there watching ravens that were playing in the air. They were flying around, teasing each other. But... They picked up pine cones and they would fly up high, drop the pine cone, and then they would go into a nosedive and get below the pine cone, turn upside down and catch it in their in their claws, and then flip back over and fly back up again so that they could drop the pine cone and try to catch it again. And I watched these ravens doing this for a while. I don't remember anything about the hike. You know, maybe... It was to to try to do some amazing feat to impress someone. But what do I remember? I remember these ravens. I didn't go out there to see ravens, but that's what happens when you go. What you're going to remember are the unexpected little life experiences. They're just like, what? That is really cool. Wow. I've never even heard of ravens doing that. That's that's really cool. That's awesome. And, and I think that's what these experiences are all about, going out there and seeing what's actually going on in this world. 
you know that's that's actually happening out happening out in front of you it's these places this movement these seasons these animals and man it's just so good to be in these places that aren't rearranged by human hands you know yeah it it's not doing it because of fomo yeah. and i hope that that message is clear you know to all the listeners it it's never been about the fomo it's it's about getting out so you can have life enlarging experiences. And I used to always say, you know, you want to have a treasure chest full of memories because that's more valuable than anything else you'll ever have. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many t- pictures do we take? We'll never look back on it, especially with digital cameras, digital phones. And you s- everybody snaps all these pictures and spends so much time staring at the screen of their phone of the beauty that is on the other side of that device without putting it down and just sitting there and looking out and creating those memories because that's what you're going to remember when you're sitting in your rocking chair unable to do these adventures. Uh, you're probably not going to look back through those pictures. You're going to rely on your memory. I plan to at least. Yeah. Mm. And Travis, you're out there, you know, you're out there doing it too. You're out there trying, making adventure happen and, and you've got, you're in this thing that's uh, very enviable, but, you know, as you said in your, in your uh, interview, there's just so many, so many unexpected things happen and, and man, but it seems to be completely worth it going after it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was thinking about that when you guys are talking about, you know, simplicity and just pulling up on a, a Corolla before you're going to climb the 14 er and, you know, we, we do live in a, in an RV and here I am sitting on Lake Powell right now, which is great, but I have to admit, I look out across when somebody pulls up with her Toyota Tacoma and deploys a tent. And I look longingly at that simplicity, right? I mean, it's comfortable. I have a furnace in here. I have a roof over my head. And when it gets windy, I'm glad to be here in this thing and not that. But there, that simplicity is a crucial piece of adventure, you know? It's just, it's a matter of getting out there and doing it your way, not doing it the way the big corporation, the big outdoor gear store shows you how you're supposed to be doing it. Just go out and do it, whatever wow. it is. You know, just go ahead, go and do it your way. Uh, the guest today, Heather Anderson, she's talked about doing the triple crown. She's the only woman to have done it in a calendar year. She has tons of fastest known times on, on the AT, PCT, and CDC, CDT. And she said she was on the, the PCT and just made to feel inadequate because she didn't have the official PCT boots and the PCT jacket <laughs> that everyone had. Here she is breaking the record for the self-supported hiker on the PCT, men, men and women. She was breeding, she was ahead of the record and she ended up getting it. And her, she was feeling inadequate by this pressure that basically feeling like, man, I, I would love to have that. But yeah, but then she's like, I'm just going to do it my own way. Just like you said, Travis. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. You just got to do it your own way. If you, if you can't, I don't know. I just, I love that. And it's, and it's easy to forget in today's FOMO world. I want to tell another short one. Yeah. This is the reason why I didn't have to do a whole lot of research for an interview. Cause all I, I can just talk about myself all day long. So, um, <laughs> wait, does this short one have anything to do with the underwater kilt wrestling? No, there's no, it could have been underwater, but it wasn't. Okay. On my, <laughs> On my drive to Denver just this this week, there is a, a drainage that I had driven by for months and months and months. And every time I drive by it, I think I need to stop here and take a picture of this because some when the light is right, it's just beautiful. 
So I finally stopped. The light wasn't right, but I really wanted to take this picture. But then I was like, I wonder what's down there. So I walked down the embankment and I found a drainage. It was one of these places where you have flash floods, Mm -hmm. but it was dry. That's why I said it could have been underwater, but luckily it wasn't. But what I found down there, there were, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine mule deer carcasses that had been eaten by by mountain lions. And I'm hiking through this mule deer boneyard in this in this flash flood drainage. And I was just like, man, this is right beside the road and no one even knows about it. And I, maybe I'm getting too hyped up, but it was kind of a, a wicked experience. It was so eerie. And I was looking over my shoulder, you know, oh, where's the cat? <laughs> and wow. I, I thought, are there any fresh ones? And I looked down and there was a, there was a, a forearm from the elbow down on the front leg of a deer that still had all the fur and everything still on it. I'm like, Ooh, that's a fresh one. Oh, <laughs> you know, man. and it's coming back for uh, seconds or dessert. <laughs> but here's the point. There's a point. The point is I walked a hundred yards off a highway and had a memory, you know, I had an experience. I'm going to remember forever people you don't have to go huge. You just have to go. It's true. Yes. Yes. I, I, I can't, I mean, it's so easy to forget. I mean, there's a hill behind my house that's nothing. But every time I go up up it, it's like, wow, this is way more incredible than I expected it to be. It's a quarter mile off the road, and it takes 10 minutes to, to, to really get to the first viewpoint. And so so much of the time, I just ignore it because I don't think it's going to scratch that itch, you know? But it does. But it does. Every time. Yeah, it does. Every single oh, time. Yeah. And, and Mason, I have to tell you, it's so cool. When I was your age, I lived in the same town you live in, and I went to the same mountain that you're talking about, and I did my micro adventures in the same place and had the same experience. Yeah, but the and, hills uh, had uphills both ways back in, in those the days. They've changed it now. <laughs> and I was barefooted, and it was always snowy. <laughs> but... Hey, you know, the truth is I mountain biked on that mountain with no suspension. Now, that's a true story. And it was. I'll bet the frame was steel, too. Oh, God. It was chrome molly tubing. Oh, well. Well, Talking about what you're what you're talking about with the hill in the backyard. You know, we all did that when we were kids. We went tromping out into the woods and we had adventure. Now we become adults and we have to wait for the week the time off at work and the, the financial ability to go have adventure. We knew how to do it back then. I don't know why we lose our ability to do it when we get older. Hmm. You know, like you said, just step out your back door. There's adventure out there. You just got to think outside the box like you did when you're a little kid. Yeah. You know, imagination. Stop being so grown up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go to Patagonia to have an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You know, I, it's fun, Travis, that you say that. This is what the show did for you and for me. We realized that we'd been missing out on stuff we could have done. And so we started doing more of it. And it led right. to you hitting the road with an RV with your family. And uh, what it did for me was similar, but not the same. And that, and this is not advice, but it's an idea for people to think about. My family turned the equation upside down. And what I mean by that is, Most people live close to where they work, and then they drive whatever distance on the weekend to be a weekend warrior and cram in an adventure. And I encourage people to do that because you need to. But we turned it upside down. Instead, my family and I moved to where the adventures are, and then I drive a long way 
to get to work. So that I reversed the equation. But here's right. what happened. It meant that at five o'clock, I can walk away from my desk and get on the mountain bike or jump on the skis or whatever it is. I'm already here. And instead of being exhausted trying to get an adventure in on the weekend, right, I'm rested to enjoy the adventure right here. And Travis, you've had the same experience because now you're working on the road and you're where the adventure is, right? So it's just an idea for people. Think a little bit off the the norm and you might find something that opens up those doors so you can do this stuff without it having to be so exhausting and, and such a huge time commitment. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't allow yourself to get into the adventure rut. Doesn't take yep. much to pop out of it. Just work within your means and you'll find it's there. Yeah. Like I said, it's what we did when we were kids. This episode is sponsored by Aftershocks. They are headphones with bone conducting technology. So they rest in front of your ears, not inside your ears like most headphones. And the benefit is they keep your ears free. I would have felt so much safer on my bike trips if I would have had these. But, you know, I'm on the bike for 12 hours. I'm not going to not listen to something. So I did put myself at risk a lot. And I would highly recommend something that allows you to keep your ears free and be able to listen to this show or music if you choose that. But come on, you want to listen to this show. They have a six-hour battery life awesome audio quality and you can get $50 off the Trex Air Adventure Bundle or the Trex Titanium Adventure Bundle at asp.aftershocks.com and that is also in the show notes and that is spelled A-F-T-E-R-S-H-O-K-Z we hear from listeners all the time that are in places that they don't feel are adventurous but then you'll talk to you talk to so many of these people on the show and in the places that you think were so mundane are just as exciting as the real dramatic places with the sceneries and the animals, just because the, yeah, adventure, you need the, all you need the ingredients for it. You don't need to be exactly the same everywhere you go. And, and, I totally agree. Uh, you can have, I tell people all the time, my foundation, my most exciting experiences were growing up in Florida. I mean, Florida, what, I mean, what, what is there to do there? What is there to do in the middle of a cornfield in Kansas? Well, a lot. When you have the imagination and the, the perspective to see it that way, you can have life-altering, adventurous experiences. I'm going to tell you what's not going to be there. What's not going to be there is some fool doing all his Instagram shots for uh, six hours in a day in various outfits. <laughs> and some peace and quiet was going to be there. <laughs> Man. Uh, keep it real. I think that's what we're saying here, right? Yes. Keep yeah. it real. Keep it real. So, so you know, guys, uh, 500 episodes is just crazy. It, you know, it's it, it's a true testament to what you've built with the podcast most don't make it most podcasts don't make it heck probably to 50 episodes and here you guys are on 500 did it what what what, what were your expectations at the expectations at the beginning travis you talked about it a little bit and what has it become and and, and how has it changed and what do you see it's going to be in the future what do you hope it to be i know there was a lot in that question yeah really well what I expect is you're uh, you're going to take the next 500 episodes and have us back on at uh, episode 1,000, so we can ogle at your uh, your success and your ability uh, yeah. to to grow the show bonkers. <laughs> That'll be Friday, June 10th, uh, 2022. 
So <laughs> mark you it down. Know. Mark it down. Counting the days. <laughs> That's awesome. Tommy, I mean, did did you think it was going to get this far when you guys first started coming up with the idea? Curtis and I dream big. Um, I would I wouldn't say I'm shocked. I don't think Curtis would either. Um, no. You know, I think with things like this, you just you, you've got to put one foot in front of the other and repeat it. Um, you can't, you can't get too wrapped up about where it's going to be. I mean, it's good to set goals, but in order to do it without burning out, it's a one day at a time thing. Um, and if you're persistent and you're consistent, then you end up at four or 500 episodes. I mean, we left, uh, we left you hosting at so what somewhere around 400. I forget what it was. And man, you banged out a hundred episodes already, you know, or close to, and that's, uh, you know, that's a testament to, uh, just being persistent and consistent. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you should have big dreams. If you don't have big dreams, then, uh, you know, maybe you don't have the, the drive to succeed, but I don't know. It doesn't shock me that it is where it is. I think it's been a great show. I think you're doing an awesome job with it. And I don't see any reason why it won't be a, a thousand episode show. I agree. And, you know, for me, it was never about 500. Um, it was about the next interview. And I tell you, I feel so honored and so blessed to have had the opportunity to visit with so many really fun people who had so much to share. And Mason, you're one of them, you know, but that's what it was for me. It, it was always about the next interview. And there are times, you know, when you've done a lot of interviews and you're tired and you've got too much going on and you're, you're worn out and you're just thinking, oh, man, I wish I could have a break. But I found when I would finish an interview, I would be energized. I would run out and catch up with my family and, and say, hey, guys, guess what I just heard? This guy <laughs> did this. This gal did this. Yeah. And man, you know what I learned? And it it really impacted me that way. So for me, it was always, it was about, it was, really was about the next interview. Wow. You guys miss it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's been more relaxing um, just because when you work that hard at something and you do give it up, you know, there's always a, a period afterwards. It's like, oh, I'm kind of free of that. You know, I get to go different, different things. But yeah, I would say we both definitely miss it. You know, it's uh, it's your hobby, it's your baby. Um, but I, I think that you're taking it in the right direction, and I'm so much more happy with you marching on with it uh, as opposed to us just deciding, you know what, I think we're done with this and and letting it fizzle out. So I'm I'm stoked just to to be able to sit on the the side and and watch the people you come up with and the interviews you do and watch it progress on and i think you can do big things with it for sure yeah yeah absolutely and you know i still listen to the show and i don't think i've missed any episodes sometimes i have to play catch up but <laughs> i i find so much inspiration from the adventure sports podcast and uh and i'm sincere about that you know it's it's been a, a big part of the last few years of my life and it continues to be so, but I will say this now, I don't mind listening to it while I'm out on a run or a hike or a bike or skiing or <laughs> instead of sitting behind the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say that I don't get out as much now. 
<laughs> but I, I'm not at all complaining. I absolutely, it is a lot of fun. I, you just like you were saying, I, Emily gets home and I just bombard her with stories from interview because I don't, you know, she doesn't listen. I don't ever go back and listen to it. I don't know what it is here myself. Maybe I'll get to that point where I'm more, a little more comfortable, but, uh, you know, you do get to listen to it essentially when you edit it again, but, um, I don't know. It, it, I just, yeah, there's always something to talk about. I remember being home for Christmas and it had only been a couple months and we were at my dad's house and watching TV or something. And it's like, Oh, that guy was just on the show. And everyone was like, <laughs> really? That is what? really cool. And I'm like, that is really cool. That is such a cool thing. And, uh, yeah, and I, I just thank you guys for, well, what, do you mind? I, we didn't really ever, I don't know if you guys got into it much, but did we ever really ever talk about why both of you decided to, to make this big change in the show and get a new host going? I don't, I don't think we did. I don't think we've ever addressed that. No, I don't think so. You know, I, I'll tell you this much. Travis and I, as much as we loved it, we were we were exhausted because we still both had our day jobs and our families and um, we were just getting really worn down. And I remember one day this was hard for me, but I called Travis. I said, Travis, what would I say if or what would you say if I said, let's just flip the switch and walk away? And neither of us wanted to do that. It was it was kind of looking into the darkness, you know, to see what you'd find there. And we were both like, whoa, I don't know. You know, it's it means so much to us. But at the it same time, so much. How can we just do that? We're so tired. And then yeah. I said, well, you know what? I said, let's let's just chew on that. So we slept on it for like a week. We talked about it for like two weeks. And I said, Let, let's do this, Travis. Let's find someone who would be willing to pick up the torch. So the show can live on. And I think that's really the only way that Travis and I got comfortable with the idea of maybe it is time, you know, and that's, that's kind of what it turned into. And uh, so Travis, what do you think? Yeah. When you, you answered it, I think in the beginning, when I first started uh, really thinking about doing you know, the whole life on the RV thing, I imagined I would just keep doing interviews from the RV from the road. Um, but as, as we started talking about that and as the RV thing came closer to being a reality, it was kind of time to realize that that wasn't, it wasn't the best situation because we were going out on the road and, and the idea of spending not only my work day, but also this time, um, building this podcast or continuing on with this podcast that wasn't related to my family um, and using all that up, all that extra time up while trying to explore the country with my family, it just seemed like it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so as Kurt and I had had discussed that, it, it only helped kind of seal the deal that, yeah, maybe we ought to try to transition this thing. Um, and because, yeah, neither one of us wanted to see it die off you know, at all. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, I think it was like the right timing for both of us, uh, for pretty much the same reasons. Uh, Kurt was in his new home and his new town and they were, you know, exploring that and having a lot of fun and a lot of adventure out there. And we realized that we too could go play a little bit more than we had been. Um, 
you know, instead of worried about finding interviews and interviewing people and producing podcasts and all that. So it was just the right time to do it. So it worked out very well, actually. You know, I'm so, so glad it did. A big part for me, Mason, was that I realized by talking to the guests that I interviewed every week and by the feedback that we got from the listeners that the Adventure Sports Podcast had become the voice piece, the platform where people could um, share their love for adventure, their passion for the outdoors and how it was impacting their lives. And that because we had become that, it was like a community service. It was something for the outdoors industry, for the adventure industry, and for what it means to be human, that people could come on the show and uh, voice some of the stuff that had been bottled up inside for so long. And so I thought, I hate for that to stop because it's something beyond us. It's bigger than us. You know, now it's about the whole community. And more than that, you know, people have been on the show from all around the world. I've never counted the number of countries, but it's got to be 20 or 30 different countries. And mm -hmm. it's not just a little niche thing. You know, it's become the platform. And I didn't want to see that go away. So I have to tell you, man, I am so thankful for you because you made it possible for that platform to continue on. Hey, I, you guys, I remember sending out an email. Um, I might I might cut this part. I don't know if it's too, uh, too under the hood, but I remember after that second interview, uh, Kurt, um, I sensed we talked a little bit after the interview and I sensed a little, I just sensed a little burnout. Honestly, I sensed a little bit of like, Oh, there's putting this, like you just sent this kind of this weight in your voice. And I was like, you know what? I think that would just be an awesome thing to do. I've got some time. I want to do something different. Let me just send an email I sent you an email. I didn't hear back for a while. And uh, didn't think anything of it. And I just got an email one night and saying you guys wanted to meet up at this restaurant in, up north of town. And I was like, holy cow, this this might be something. Yeah, it's kind of meant to be then. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And I remember after Emily and I going up and meeting with y'all and I was like, honey, I don't know. I don't know if I can take this on right now. I don't know how busy it's going to be really. And uh, I remember her saying... If you don't take it, I'm going to take it. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. You can't. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so thank Emily. She really was like, no, nah, you should you should do this. And uh, just really connected with you guys. Really, really love what the show's built. I love the values of the show and the, the type of person it seemed to attract. You know what I mean? It's not... If it was a gear show, oh, I'd have just said no. We ain't we ain't talking about gear all day. <laughs> or if it was just a bunch of bunch of dudes trying to outdo each other constantly, I wouldn't have been interested in that either. But this is just a great mix. Solid people. Everyone that gets in touch with the show reaches out, becomes a patron, or is even on the show. They they're all so uh, normal in the sense of these are these are real human beings. You know what I mean? They're not these over the top characters in a bad sense, you know, a lot, some of them are over the top, but they're entertaining, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're good people. You know what I mean? It's a good, good community. And I've been so thankful to be a part of it. 
Oh man, I'm 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 ready for a bro hug and a beer now. <laughs> too bad you're all like way too far away. Six hundred miles. <laughs> That's apart. funny. <laughs> That's funny. Man, that is so cool. Well, you guys, congratulations on you know doing eighty percent of the work, ninety percent of the work up until this point, and uh, now it's now it's hitting five hundred. Pretty awesome. It's all yeah, yours well, now. Big expectations. Don't drop the ball. No, nope. congratulations. I've got Stay to ask gone. one last question, though, Mason. <laughs> sure. I got to hear you're you're getting ready to launch into one of life's biggest adventures here very soon with Emily. How are you guys feeling about that one? The baby. Yep. Uh, let's see. You can see behind me. There's the crib. Yep. This I is, see it. This is Look the podcasting that. desk. There's the crib. I can touch it. It's this close. <laughs> There's some other baby <laughs> stuff over here. There's the play pen thing and and it's it's gonna be i'll be honest it wasn't something i i really wanted a year ago but i just knew the joy it would bring her and i and and i knew that it was the right thing to do the next step and i knew it would bring a lot of joy to our families and so i'm looking forward to how it grows us and uh yeah, I know it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy in the show. You might hear a crying baby in the background every once in a while because this this production ain't. We don't have a team. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's it's a lot on you know of, of a one man show really now. And and uh, no, it's just going to handle like any other adventure. It's going to be it's going to be raw. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably going to hear about it on the show some, and um, I think it's going to be kind of like y'all both said joys that you don't even know could happen don't even can't even expect right now um travis when you left for the road the things that i mean just there's so much you can't even foresee but that now it's like wow this i can't even imagine questioning it beforehand Um, right now like sitting in the car talking to emily about taking over the show I can't even imagine not doing that now. It's just like, it wasn't even that long ago. I was like over the summer last year in the spring, in the fall. And you just so much you didn't know then. And that, you know, now it's like, I can't even imagine going back and saying no to that. And I, I think this is going to be the same way. Honestly, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Y'all are dads. I'm not. <laughs> so. We didn't know. We still don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe Curtis does. I just got to tell you, man. So don't forget to keep that note you jotted down. And I think I need to heed my own advice. But after that baby comes and the moments are stressful, don't complain about adventure when adventure shows up. Okay. And I need to walk back out my door. Yeah. <laughs> I need to walk back out my door and remind myself the same thing. Because trust me, when they get into the teen years, it's hard to not complain about the adventure when the adventure shows up because the adventure will show up. <laughs> That's funny you say that, learning from your own advice. People will reach out and said, wow, you know, what you said on the show really was inspiring. And they'll say what I said. And I said, I said that? I need to I need to read that myself because I, I didn't yeah, do that right. at all today. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> it is funny. Right well, it's going to be great for you guys. Yeah, it will. And, you know, it's going to turn your life completely upside down. But then in a few years, your adventures are going to be with your kid. Yes. And that's going to just bring a whole new dimension to life. So it, and it's got to be real like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's about family. It's about the next generation, too. So You, you know, what has definitely uh, helped me adjust is the, the guests. We've had so many guests on the show that are parents. 
that are just, I can't tell you how much I admire them. And the fact that they're parents too just makes it that much cooler to me that they can balance all that. It's not this end of the road. It's the beginning of a whole new thing. And so, you know, this show, this show has definitely helped me get ready mentally and emotionally. And, uh, knowing you guys started this with full-time careers, large families, lots of responsibility. It's a testament in itself that there's really no time of life. You can't start something really adventurous and really fun and really exciting. Yeah, that's right. Can't always wait till you're retired. That's true. Especially to start a family. <laughs> no, that's very that doesn't work. <laughs> I just gotta throw out a stupid joke. <laughs> well, guys. All right. Well, I'm sure that somebody who listens to this show while they commute has already paused and restarted this same episode like three or four times now. So yeah, we yeah, probably ought to like, let okay, them move on. Guys. Okay, stop the bro hug. <laughs> well, may I uh, may I share my Instagram account with everybody? Sure. Um, the, the deal is that I don't try to do FOMO on my Instagram account. Instead, I try to share beauty. And that's what I love about Instagram. So as we were, you know, kicking it around earlier, I want to tell people I love Instagram because you can share beauty mm-hmm. and share some of your experiences. You see something just amazing. It's a place where you can say, hey, look, look at this. You can see this, too. So anyway, Kurt Linville, my name, Instagram. It's that simple. If you ever want to reach me, that's probably the easiest way. And Travis, you've got some stuff going. Oh yeah, we got one of those uh, Insta accounts, and yeah, don't don't let me make, you know let anybody think that just being on Instagram uh, is a bad thing. Instagram is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. just uh, when people overuse it, it starts to drive me crazy. It's uh, it's about the the adventure and the experience, not so much about the the self. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, ours is as we travel. Uh, you can find us no matter where you go: YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all under Oh the Places Wheel Roll. And that's like the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go. We named ours, Oh, the Places Will Roll. So check us out there for sure. Perfect. Perfect. I'll, I'll link all that. And, of course, Adventure Sports Podcast. If you're listening to this, you probably already know how to find us. <laughs> but, well, guys, congratulations on building such a such a solid foundation to build on. And thank you for everything you've done. And allowing giving me the reins to do this because you know that's this is your baby so to trust it with me i i feel very honored and a lot of pressure no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> don't drop the baby that's right yeah, man i'll have two babies I, to drop <laughs> we're just so we're so happy for the success that the show has seen under your watch and we know it's going to continue and i think your fresh voice and perspective has been really good for the show too so Thanks, Mason, and thank you for letting us come on and celebrate 500 with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yep. Yep, and thanks to the listeners for uh, putting up with us rambling on this episode. It's all about you guys. (laughs) This wouldn't be a thing without them, man. Thank you, guys. All right, I'll see you June 10th, 2022 for episode 1,000, okay? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. date. See you guys. Take care, man. Bye. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Uh, Secondly, if you would like to get in touch, you can leave us a voicemail at 812-MAIL-POD. You can also send us an email, info at adventuresportspodcast.com. Get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram. Contact us on the website. Like, There's just a thousand ways to do it. 
If you know somebody that would make a good guest for the show, whether they're whether it's you or somebody you know with a really cool story or background or does an interesting sport, get in touch. We'd love to have them on. Also, if you'd like to be a patron, a.k.a. a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. You can sign up for as little as a buck a month. You can sign up for five bucks a month. And lastly, thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now. Go to athleticbrewing.com and use the code ADVENTURE at checkout to save 15% off the best tasting and lowest calorie non-alcoholic beer you're ever going to try. Don't forget to save $50 off a headset bundle at asp.aftershocks.com. It's my new favorite way to listen to music and podcasts and stay safe while I run and ride my bike. After all this adventure talk, if you need to go to a place and buy some gear and talk to an expert, go to backpacktribe.com. They can help you choose the right gear and they have the expertise and know-how with each piece of equipment. Now get out there and do something crazy.